Some members of Congress say the Department of Homeland Security workforce is not as diverse as it could be, and that DHS leadership ranks are lacking, especially in diversity. The department says it's actually on par with the rest of the federal workforce, maybe a little better. DHS says the real challenge isn't necessarily recruiting and hiring a group of diverse employees, it's getting them to stick around. We get more now from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. The Department of Homeland Security, by all accounts, has a relatively diverse workforce. DHS says 47% of its employees identify with a racial or ethnic group. That's compared to 37% in the federal workforce. Hispanics make up 22% of the DHS workforce, compared with 9% in the rest of government. Women make up 46% of the DHS law enforcement workforce, and that's a little better than the 43% figure for the entire federal law enforcement workforce. And 22% of the DHS senior executive service identifies with a diverse racial or ethnic group. The department says that's on par with the rest of the federal workforce. But there's another way to look at those stats. Congresswoman Social Torres Small is the chairwoman of the House Homeland Security Subcommittee on Oversight, Management, and Accountability. DHS's workforce as a whole is reasonably diverse, uh, and thanks in large part to the diversity in the workforces at CBP and TSA. But I do disagree slightly with the comments about the diversity of leadership at the senior leadership level. The department still struggles to promote women and racial minorities to leadership positions. For example, at TSA, which is generally quite diverse, 55% of employees identify as minorities there. However, only 21% are in leadership positions. At DHS headquarters, 30% of employees are African American, but only make up 8% of leadership. Women make up less than a quarter of senior leaders at components like Secret Service and CBP, and across the entire department, women only hold 30% of leadership positions overall. DHS says it's trying to focus on building a more diverse leadership pipeline. That's the GS-12s, 13s, and 14s who could become an SES member at some point. Angela Bailey is the chief human capital officer for DHS. We have deployed um, a few strategies to make sure that we get the word out and that they understand how to get, for example, into the SES CDP program, just to give you an example. And so as a result of some of these specific tactical and strategic efforts that we've had, we've actually increased our pipeline, and we've been very pleased about that. So in our pipeline, while we have 30% women in SES, our pipeline is at 36%. While we are 22% diverse in our SES, 34% diverse in our pipeline, just to give you an example. So what we found is is by building up the pipeline, by giving them the opportunities, especially for our lower-graded employees, creating career paths for them, giving them rotational opportunities, etc. DHS employees say problems with their supervisors and management, a lack of promotion opportunities, and personal and family reasons are the main things driving them to leave. Bailey says DHS has been hosting focus groups and other listening sessions to learn more about what's holding employees back from certain leadership positions. For example, to address issues with supervisors and managers, Bailey says DHS is focusing on more ways it can develop employees into good leaders. Our goal is to build a cadre of leaders at a level that is lower than just at the SES level so that we can create these career advancement opportunities and also to focus in on the leadership development for our current leaders, and not just about the nuts and bolts of how to be a supervisor, but actually how to care for the employees, how to make sure that we address what their concerns are so that we can actually make sure that they can carry out their missions. 
Besides the focus groups, DHS launched a mentorship program last year for women in law enforcement. 36 pairs of mentors and mentees have been through the program now. Both DHS and the Government Accountability Office say the department hasn't created any intentional barriers to recruiting and retaining a diverse workforce. But the nature of some DHS jobs makes it tough. Yvonne Jones is Director of Strategic Issues at GAO. DHS itself identified barriers and they they define them as problems with supervision and management or lack of advancement opportunities for some groups of staff, lack of alternative work schedules. They also indicated that jobs in certain geographic locations, certain ethnic groups were not applying in the same in the same number of being hired in those locations. Okay. They did identify barriers for people with disabilities or targeted disabilities for certain positions in law enforcement, that there are medical and physical requirements that would be difficult. Recruiting a diverse pool of student interns to full-time DHS employees is another challenge. Bailey says some DHS components offer pretty rewarding internship programs, and they target students from inner-city schools. The Coast Guard has seen success in particular in recruiting students to work in their shipyards. They get hands-on training in welding and other trade crafts. But once they're done, they become one of hundreds of applicants on USA Jobs, and they often fall through the cracks. Here's Bailey with Congressman Dan Crenshaw. They can apply, but they're applying with a thousand other. Right, right. USA right? Jobs is a. And so yeah, we what know. happens then is that they're not going to typically they're not going to then make the list. They're not going right. to be able to, you know, maybe they don't know how to write their resume correctly or whatever the answer might be. So what are we doing about that? We're saying, OK, these are the rules. So now we sit down with them and we help them. Here's how you write a federal resume. Here's the things that you need to do. The other thing that we're doing is rather than just having the HR office now say whether they're qualified or not, no, give it to the actual welder who's at the Coast Guard and let them decide who is qualified. Beyond the challenges with the federal internships, DHS says it does reasonably well at recruiting a diverse workforce. The department visited 46 historically black colleges and universities and 223 minority-serving institutions last year to recruit. They also hosted a few career fairs for people with disabilities, veterans, and others. Reaching certain numbers, though, isn't the goal. Here's Bailey. With diversity, we are not after filling Noah's Ark. It cannot be that if you have two of everything, therefore we're diverse. And to be honest, the most important thing for us is is once we get people on, on board, regardless, and again, one out of every two DHS employee has identified themselves as being in some type of diverse category. And that doesn't even cover things like generational diversity, right, or neurodisabilities such as autism and things like that. And so the definitions that we have are old school. We need to actually get new school definitions of what diversity is really all about. But for us within DHS, once we have folks on board, then it becomes, in a way, a colorblind kind of situation for us. And what we're really looking for instead is ensuring that they feel included, that they feel like they're cared for, that they understand that we have a compassionate need for what they're doing. And then, therefore, that helps them, we believe. Not only do we then have operational readiness, but it helps them provide caring and compassion service to the American public. DHS's still relatively new Employee and Family Readiness Council plays a role in keeping the workforce on board. The council has been focused on developing emergency child care programs, offering stress and mental health management classes, and hosting financial readiness courses. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. 
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.